do I have a first memory? First memory was waking up this morning. No. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the yogi. You live in the moment. That's it. <laughs> the past you're, is you're, gone. You're so present. You're like, wait, what is yesterday? <laughs> Um, do you know what and in some senses my first memory is always a little bit dependent on where I am but Mm. I've been thinking a lot about um, first memories of the beach because I was at at the beach the weekend and a very strong maybe not the first memory but our first memory was I must have been probably I don't know maybe like three or four and um, being on McGilligan Strand and coming out of the water and I was with my, I had an amazing Auntie Flo, who was just like the most eccentric person you'd ever met. And I remember her putting a towel around me and the sand, the, the, it was very windy and the sand against my legs mm-hmm. being like razors and trying to describe to her the pain I was in <laughs> from the sand being <laughs> against my legs. And I was just thinking, you know, that kind of thing of being on the beach and coming off and then that, you know, how you, you got wrapped up afterwards and then maybe a hot drink or something like that. Mm. So that's a very, very, very distinct first memory um, of being on the Gilligan That's Strand. awesome. And you were, were you born and bred Belfast or where was yeah, home for you? Yeah, so um, actually just up the road from here, um, near oh, cool. Ravenhill, nice. um, a place called Brighton Park and then moved over to the King's Road whenever I was about eight um, and stayed there and then headed off for a while to uni and then came, made my way back here. Glorious East Belfast. Glorious East Belfast, <laughs> where else? <laughs> That's awesome. And Alice, what about you, first memory? Do you know, when you first asked that question, the, the thing that pinged into my head, and this is directly related to this morning, I used to cry my eyes out every time my mum dropped me off at like nursery school or okay. preschool or whatever it was. And this morning, my son, unusually, because he doesn't usually do it, was oh, clinging and crying. Oh, and no. And, I, and I, it's funny because I was leaving. I was, I was driving away. I was thinking, oh, no, like he's... <laughs> having one of those days but I thought well I used to do it all the time <laughs> and I'm alright exactly you know? <laughs> I turned out okay <laughs> <laughs> it's okay he'll be fine it's character building but yeah I don't know like I can't it's, it's horrible isn't it that one because you think there must be something and I'm sure there are lots of little snippets but mm. specifics is so difficult totally yeah so you were Just not general, born and bred in Belfast I was not no I was not <laughs> as you can probably tell from my accent I have lived here for 15 years but I was I'm born and bred Maidenhead <laughs> in Berkshire and um, I I moved to Dubai when I was 23 and worked for Emirates for three years but I moved back I met a guy from here and uh, I left there and moved straight to straight from the sandpit <laughs> to, to the yeah to the chilly yeah yeah, you Hills moved. You moved away. You moved away from the hot sand to the sand that cuts your legs like razors. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a shock. And the funny thing was, and it doesn't feel like that long ago, but 15 years ago when I moved here, like there wasn't even a Starbucks. <laughs> I remember oh, thinking. I mean, I'd been working for an airline, so I'd been sort of going to a lot of cities and a lot of places. And I remember coming here thinking, "Oh my god, there's not even a Starbucks." <laughs> but. Um, it's, it's completely different, I think, yeah. even in the 15 years that I've lived yeah. here, that it's such a transformation. But That's cool. It's great. It's well, great. It's a big topic of the show, you know, so mm. uh, maybe we'll dive into that a wee bit later on. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, hello and welcome if you've just joined us. Uh, welcome to Best of Belfast. This is the show that celebrates Northern Ireland and the incredible people in it. You've already been hearing from Susan and Alice today. I've got my wee idiot sheet in front of me. This is the the, the grand bio. This is the big like wrestling introduction. You know, you need to get like the big pumped up music and stuff. Um, but Alice and Susan, they're the dynamic duo behind Yoga Quarter and Refill Quarter in East Belfast. 
Uh, they met while completing their yoga teacher training in 2016 and got talking about how East Belfast could do with a yoga studio of its own. And rightly so, it did. And you guys came and filled the gap. That's awesome. Uh, one year later, they launched Yoga Quarter in Ballyhackamore. Being both community-driven and environmentally conscious, the pair were also inspired by the zero-waste shops popping up in towns and cities across Europe. So, two years later, they created Refill Quarter, Belfast's first zero-waste shop located on the Belmont Road. I love, like, um, whenever you do, like, these wee bios, it all sounds so clean and so, like, cookie-cutter, and you're like, yeah, and then we just had this idea... (laughs) And we just executed it flawlessly and it was so easy and, you know, it was just like napkin to reality in just like a couple of seconds. But no, you, you guys have done class, you know, both the shop and the studio has been really positively embraced by the community of East Belfast and beyond. And it's become a real part of that neighborhood and, you know, that community as well. Uh, so I guess where I'd love to start, other than the first memories, which is a, a bit of a bad habit at this stage because I just I find it so interesting. Uh, talk to me about life before yoga, if there even was such a thing, because it seems to me that yoga was the connecting point in both of your mm. collective story mm. and your business story. But what about uh, what about before yoga? Well, I kind of went down this. It, it was like a trajectory where I was I was doing a bit more of a of a structured day like a nine to five I was working in a hotel so I had evenings free and weekends free and I took up um, a gym membership and they were doing Zumba classes nice. and body pump and all of I that and it. it was one of those things where you had your membership you could do as many classes as you wanted and one of them was called body balance which you know is it's it's sort of <laughs> it's like takes little pieces of lots of different styles <laughs> of yoga and pilates and lots of, it does it all in it's, time uh, to music it's like yoga with you know those like uh, joke glasses with the mustache on it. It's like yoga in disguise. Like we don't we, like maybe people will be freaked out if we say it's yoga. So body balance. Yeah, we do body balance, and it was like moving in time to the music. Okay, which, cool. yeah. So I, I I did it a few times, thinking, oh well, I haven't tried that before. I'll give it a go. And yeah. I was of that real mindset that oh, it's so fluffy. This mm. isn't for me. You know, we have to, we used to do this thing at the end. It was just called relaxation. You know, we could even have a blanket. You know, and I would lie there like la la la. Where's this over? And then you I can't wait to for leave. this bit to be done. But the funny thing was that the, the more I did it, the more I thought, well, you know, there's something in this that I sort. I am slowing down a bit, and I'm. And then I started to listen a little bit more about what they were saying for the relaxation element of it, and. Um, I, I was I left that job and then I, I went back to working as as cabin crew. I was working for a, um, an airline where we used to go to LA pretty much all the time. And right beside the hotel was a yoga studio, oh, so I, I I went there regularly. And I thought, well, this is amazing, you know, like that was a whole different level because I it was very different to what I'd been doing at Body Balance. Mm-hmm. And um, I, it, yeah, it just got to the point where I thought this is making my life better. Mm. And I need to do it more. And I don't do it at home. I only do it when I'm away. So that was what, what sort of led me to, you know, Googling yoga in Belfast. <laughs> and then I found Flo that would have their studio up in Hill Street. And um, I started to go there. And then it just became a, a really important part of my day. Mm-hmm. And then I had a sort of a, a bad year. And the yoga was so beneficial. And then they opened up the mm-hmm. teacher training. It was sort of on the back of that bad year that the teacher training came up. And I did, I, I kind of did a bit of soul searching because I was like, oh, I don't know if I really, do I want to commit to that? And do I want to be a yoga teacher? But mm-hmm. I just thought, no, I know I want to do more and, and or I want to understand more. And that was sort of what, what set me on that path. So, yeah, I kind yeah. of just signed up thinking, well, you know, how great is that going to be? I'm just going to be able to do loads and understand more and, and have 
and be taught about yoga and yeah so that was that's that was awesome. sort of my pathway and then obviously that's where I met Susan cool. and that, that's the one just beside established yeah that's right yeah. yeah yeah cool cool so Susan what about yourself well I my sort of journey I think in terms of yoga was a, was an evolution of something that, that um way 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 back sort of I was an aerobics teacher. Oh, so cool. I think for a very long time, I knew that I was, I did life better if I was doing something physical. Mm. Um, and being sort of like a young mom with very young kids, being an aerobics teacher, I could fit it round. And in those days, like aerobics was your sort of your lycra and you know, your. I just, whenever I think of it in my head, it's just dee 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 Well, I literally could get up and give you So that was kind of like where that started that understanding for me that if I was doing something physical then um, it really it affected how I lived life yeah. um, and then life got very very busy and that kind of then translated to stepping back from teaching I got a full time job but was still going to the gym fairly regularly and became a bit of a, a spin addict for a while unless <laughs> I got like you know like eight spin classes in a week then you know, I was like a little bit like somebody who um, the cult know. the spin yeah. cult oh, you, you, you fell <laughs> into it <laughs> but I think the journey to yoga so I in my previous work um, I worked a lot in community I worked in peace building and we were beginning to look at the approach to peace building as being much more holistic particularly mm. for women um, and I love collaborating with people so one of my very good friends is actually one of the owners of Flow and um, she came in and started doing yoga with some of the women's groups um, awesome. and we noticed how that had created a platform for much more than just yoga so whenever the um, I started then. I started practicing really regularly. We, but like Alice, it became part of my life. I realized that I did life much, much better mm. when yoga was part of it. So my, but when the teacher training came up, it was very much to feed into this bigger picture that I was already doing. Um, and then life took us on a different trajectory. I met this wonderful <laughs> woman and we are where we are today. But yeah, I mean, I think very similar in the sense of just maybe um, when particularly when life's difficult mm. if you have that connection with something in, at a body level you know we talk about it as being an embodied practice and then all of the other stuff that Alice has mentioned you know not just the physical but the mm -hmm. the bigger picture you kind of just it makes tough times totally doable yeah and there is that kind of power of shared experiences where it's like you know we're all in this together and we've put ourselves through while it's a relaxing thing it'd be quite an intense thing yeah. as well and you know mm. you kind of look around afterwards and you're like wow yeah guys like we did this you know yeah, like yeah. I remember talking to Scott Riley he does a lot of um, you know sea swimming with groups mm. and stuff and cold water and there is that kind of like oh like w you know we've done something together yeah. like this is really awesome um, I love both of your stories there but I have to say you have left out like two real juicy wee nuggets well, for me anyway <laughs> uh, Alice you drove a motorbike for a while you drove a Ducati I, I think's really interesting. and you trained to be a Methodist lay preacher <laughs> like give me a wee bit on each of them because both of them are classic <laughs> okay so I think my well my motorbike thing was inspired by, I don't know whether you saw this, but Charlie and, and um, what's his name? Ewan. No. Yeah. Ewan, yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. I was like, McGregor, Ewan McGregor. Um, um, they did this thing where they kind of got on these motorbikes and traveled around the world. Unbelievable. And um, we watched that and it was so inspiring. <laughs> my other half was like, I'm going to get my motorbike license. <laughs> Although he said, I've always wanted it. My mum would never let me. <laughs> and um, so he went off and got his license and, um, 
And then I was like, I want my license, my license too. Mm. I just turned 30. And um, yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it too. So did did my lessons, got my license, got my bike. It was brilliant. And at the time, I didn't have any children. I was working in town. You know, it was like free parking. You could awesome. use the bus lanes. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, um, it, was, it was freedom. I had like lovely um, heated grips. Oh, yeah. Hands, like, I really feel the cold. So I didn't even know that was a thing. That was That's the only genius. thing. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, yeah, it started to become a bit of a museum piece when I had my child. Like, sure, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't conducive. And plus, I changed back to sort of doing the cabin crew thing, and I couldn't easily commute yeah. with a suitcase on a motorbike, <laughs> so <laughs> I had to uh, sell it. But one day, I'll get back on on the bike and little sidecar for go touring. touring. Yeah, That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll do like the whole, you know, buy a, an old Enfield and drive it through yeah. India. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. just go and maybe discover. 40. Maybe forty. <laughs> <laughs> discover the world but no it was brilliant I loved it really so Susan talk to me about preaching where did that uh... so I I suppose um, yeah I used to be part of a faith community yeah. and uh, I was kind of sick of hearing men's voices sure. from the front and uh, so I decided that I you know wanted to have that that space to be able yeah. to contribute and uh, I kind of had a little bit of uh, I'd worked in, within the Methodist context before, and not, you know, just in terms of family work and children's work, and met some really cool people there and thought, okay, this is a this is a good way to have a little bit of an understanding if I'm going to actually move into speaking from the front with authority. Sure, I, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking Absolutely, about. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but it was fascinating. I mean, I think, like, looking back at it, at it now, it was it was a particular stage sure. of, I suppose, a spiritual, of a spiritual journey, yeah. but it was very much motivated by... I am tired of hearing my voices from the front. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, and uh, yeah, if I'm going to be tired, I need to do something about that. Yeah. And so before that, like public speaking, did you enjoy it? Were you good at it? Um, I mean, I I mean, I suppose it's always that kind of like a bit of irony in that, I mean, I've done quite a lot from like public speaking. So as an example, uh, I don't, neither of you probably remember this, but um, at the Millennium, there was a huge big service down at the waterfront that was broadcast all across. So it was in London, Edinburgh, oh, nice. um, Belfast and Cardiff. And I like did something there. And, I, you know, I've spoken in front of like the Dalai Lama and people like that. So like I, I can Killer. do that. But put me into a social context of a party. It's like mm. I'm the wallflower in the corner. You know? <laughs> it's not so, interesting. Yeah. So I mean, but I, not uncommon. No, not un, not uncommon yeah. at all. Um, I mean, I think there is that sort of, um, yeah, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but often then it's it's the sort of the the social context. You mm. kind of go. Let me let me go in the back of her. Back of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So take me back to you know Cathedral Quarter. You're in Flow. Um, first time you guys met, is it? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So how do you go from, you know, having a conversation to then opening a studio? Or I guess actually, I'm, I'm not happy with that question. So what I'll ask instead is, <laughs> what did that early conversation sort of look like? So I think, um, so there is a third person in... in, in dun, dun, the, dun. <laughs> the, the yeah. empty chair. The empty Pull chair. up a chair, big lad. There you go, that's for you. So um, I'm coming to the end of the training and I was kind of like at that stage I had like a blank slate in front of me in the sense of what am I going to do and um, I knew that again you know we'd sort of 
I, I live in East Belfast and I wanted to be able to walk to work. I wanted a, diff- a different experience of life. I've been working in Ballycastle prior to that. So like a lot of commuting from oh, a Northern wow. Ireland perspective. Yeah. <laughs> for Northern Ireland, that, that's a yeah. monster commute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not, not Dubai to <laughs> Belfast, but Ballycastle <laughs> to Belfast. So I, had a, so I had like this sort of like little tiny inkling of an idea about a yoga studio. But I also know that I'm much better doing things with other people. Mm. Um I tend to think really, really big pictures, but I'm not very good at crossing T's and dotting I's, you know, nice. and I, that sort of thing. And uh, so I had a, we, I have a very good friend who's now become our very good friend called Phil. And he was in a similar situation. He was kind of thinking about redoing, you know, redoing a lot of stuff. And so I had a conversation with him because I knew he was really good at putting figures together and mm. making sure insurance was done, set. And so I had this and he was like, yeah, let's look at it. And Alice and I were partners in uh, so as part of the teacher training we were put together to put um like our final class together although oh, cool. i think throughout the whole of the teacher training we had naturally like we'd had lunch together we'd hung out together but then yeah. we were given this task to do at the end so i knew she was sitting in a coffee shop in botanic and i said you know come and dine yeah um can i so came down and she was, i think you were talking about your final assignment or something and i said look i'm really excited and you said would there be room for a third and i said mm. oh god yes absolutely um that that's perfection so i think awesome. and then i because phil sort of lives out in the sticks somewhere and has never been on a yoga mat he's also the third person in refill quarter um so because alice and i were seeing each other very regularly i think then you and i really like even though the idea kind of sat maybe on my shoulder it became Mm. our idea totally at the end of that conversation it wasn't just it was both of us um and we spent the next couple of months looking at you know potential spaces and stuff like that mm-hmm. but that was that's certainly my memory of it but yeah. and it certainly happened within there was no I'm going to go to teacher training meet somebody and open a yoga studio but mm-hmm. literally was as fluid as it that. was very organic and what was nice is I think we we had probably I, I mean again I, I look back and yeah. I think we probably had very few conversations because we sort of already knew what we were looking mm. for. Awesome. We already had like a, the plan was it needed to be mm-hmm. local, it needed to be this, mm-hmm. it needed to be a beautiful studio, people felt welcome and, and all of that. So, yeah, I think it was very much a shared vision, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But it was, yes, it was, yeah. came, it was definitely Susan's sort of real sort of strong passion for I think my neighbourhood yeah. needs yeah. a yoga studio. And I, and, and it's all, it was also kind of driving that that. That movement, and it was more of also a, a sort of. I suppose it's a bit like what we were talking about before: is that once once you do yoga and you you're not doing it because it's a form of exercise, yeah. <laughs> you know that was really critical. Yeah. And I think we both thought, you know, so many people would benefit from this, you know, and if we can offer it to more people, it will actually. It sounds really cheesy, but it will improve people's lives, no, you know. And if you bring it to people and you say, "Look, come and try it," you know that some mm. people, for some, it will stick. And, and totally. there was there was a yeah. real sort of drive to try and uh, just sort of expose it to people yeah. in that regard yeah. as well. So this is where I'm like a real yoga noob. I love yoga, but uh, like you'll be you'll be ashamed of me. Like my way <laughs> into yoga was uh, through P90X. So if you saw like the yoga workout, it's like. Pete, they're like shouting at you, like, come on, stretch further, come on, you got this, you got this, you got this. And there's like two versions. There's like an hour and a half version with, you know, like an ab workout snuck in the middle. And then, uh, you know, there was a 30 minute kind of express version. But I, I was doing that, you know, if you don't know what P90X is, it's like a really hyper American exercise program with videos, okay? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you p- picture like, you know, like the elastic bands that you get and stuff. And anyway, it was like totally, totally extreme. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would do that. And funny enough, like, you know, the guy who ran that program, he, um, 
was really like, don't skip this. Like, whatever you do, don't skip this. Like, I know for a fact all of you want to skip this because you think it's stupid, but don't skip it. Yeah. So I was like, fine, I'm committed, I'll not skip it. And I would find, like, at the end of those sessions, whether they were the 90 minute or, this, or the 30, I would just feel like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I was living in New York at the time, and, you know, there was a lot of hecticness going on. And just that wee sort of, like, touch point, it just anchored you to the point where I was, like, doing things that I wouldn't normally do afterwards. I was like, do you know what? I feel like taking a cold shower. Who the heck wants to take a cold? And I would just be buzzed afterwards. I was like, this is amazing. So that kind of was my own kind of journey mm. into meditation and into yoga, stretching, whatever. Um, but what type of yoga do you guys practice? Because this is an area that I yeah. don't know at all because I'm only learning recently. There's all these different types. Yeah. Do you have a sp- particular type mm. you choose? If so, what is it and why? So we both trained in what's called vinyasa yoga, uh, yeah. um, which I suppose in the sense of sort of explaining it would be more dynamic, more movement-based. Um, classically, it would also have music in it. Mm-hmm. Um it would be maybe between an hour to an hour and a half type class. And so we say more movement based as opposed to more like meditative well, or opposed to what? So hatha. Um, okay. So you have your ashtanga, hatha, vinyasa. There's so many. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and everything but else. If you sort of, but I suppose how, I mean, what our studio would have talked to it about would have been vinyasa was like the, the quirky relative of ashtanga. So, <laughs> um, but hatha would be you mo- you you would go into a pose and you hold it for five to seven breaths. You come out of the pose and you go into another pose. Yes. So it's that sort of static movement from pose to pose. Okay. Ashtanga, you move through different series and you have to completely understand and be able to do one series before you go to another. So it's quite... It's quite regimented in that sense, yes. but you can really see progression in it. Yeah. Um, and vinyasa kind of brings the two of them together. Okay. So when we say it would have more of a flow to it, mm-hmm. you in between your postures, you're maybe moving through what we call a connected vinyasa, which I think one of our friends called it like the course to the song. So you're kind right. of moving through that. Um, and it's breath led. So you would be maybe moving either with one or two breaths. Um, so it has that real sense of, of movement to it as opposed mm. to just, you know, I'm obviously talking with my hands. Here, <laughs> can see. But like moving from, from thing to thing. So you would start um, and then you would build maybe to like either a peak pose or a peak flow. And then you would come down into Shavasana, which is your your relaxation at the end. Mm. So it kind of like moves moves in that wave, but like I've just moved the mic. Um, <laughs> so it moves in that wave like that. Um, but there are so many different, you know, and then you get like, the Bikrams and the 26 and 2 and the yeah, heated yeah, yeah. and the different heap. Um, and then I also teach yin, which is a completely different ball game wow. altogether. Yeah. But, so do you, how would you describe it, Alice? Yes, yeah, so what, why vinyasa, you know? Um, I think for all of those reasons, I think because for me, like I say, I sort of came at it from more of a, an exercise class background. Mm-hmm. So I actually really enjoyed the music mm-hmm. and the atmosphere that that provided. I mean, it... Unlike the body balance, when you go to a vinyasa class, the music is just ambient. You're, like, you're not mm. moving in time to the music or anything <laughs> like that. But um, it, it's surprising how much of a sweat you break when you do a class oh, like a vinyasa. So it was this really lovely, I felt, sort of 
sort of transition. So mm. you start, it starts off very slowly and, you know, sort of the whole about sort of where you are, right, I'm in this room now, I'm on this mat and I'm in this moment. Mm. And you focus on that and then it slowly builds and you move a bit more and, you, and, then, and then it's more about, well, how does that, you know, if I'm leaning this way, where's it pulling, mm. you know, physically, where can I feel that? And then, it, and then it's more about building energy mm. and then suddenly you're like, Wow, I'm so hot! Like I've built up a sweat, and we're moving yeah. quite fast, and and then it would, and then you know you'd have that time to then stop and reflect and think, right? Wow, that mm. you know you didn't, but without really even realizing what you've done, you think, mm. wow, I've built up so mm. much energy, and then you stop, and then you notice how much energy you've built up, mm. and then you know you would, and then it would sort of slow down, and then again at the end you would think, right, at, at the end of this hour or however long it is, hour and a half. How do I feel now? How physically different do I feel mm. now? How mentally different do I feel? And that I just loved the journey mm. of the class. It was that it really just appealed to what what suited me at the yeah. time. And like I say, I know I totally get there are so many different ways and different people sure, that yeah, appeal yeah. to different things. But that that to me, just at the end of it, I would leave going, yes, that's awesome. Yeah, I've <laughs> just what I needed. I've completed you know? a full hero's journey in this workout. You yeah. know, I've started from the beginning. I've gone through. I faced the challenge in the middle, yeah. and now I'm at the end, reaping the rewards. How do you guys? Because obviously, a big part of you know the yoga business is, well, I guess, actually with refill as well. Now I say it. It's the idea of just encouraging people just to give it a go. You know, because mm-hmm. there's like maybe um, skeptics, or there's maybe people think, I don't know if I'd like that to both the businesses actually. <laughs> yeah. mm. And it's just like, just try it, just try it, because you know you're dealing with a Northern Irish culture where you know I'm 25 and my granny's still giving off to me. What are you doing running around in your bare feet? You know, like so bare feet alone. Never mind getting yeah. on a yoga mat and doing stretching. So how have you kind of gone about um, kindly encouraging maybe skeptics or people who? Mm. Uh, or maybe just question. maybe just not sure about how to engage in either of these things, and we will yeah. get on the refill. Yeah. I promise. I mean, I think you're exactly right. You know, you, a number of people you say, you know, what do you? I'm a yoga teacher, whatever, and they go, oh, I've always wanted to try yoga, but I'm yeah. so inflexible, or I've always wanted to do this and da da da. And I mean that that is the first thing that people often say is, I'm so inflexible, mm. and I, you know, you can go, well, it's not about flexibility, mm. and flexibility is something you can work on, mm. and um, and you know that thing of of giving it a go, but. I think one of the things that Alice and I felt was really, really important whenever we kind of curated the space that is Yoga Quarter is that everybody would feel as welcome as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think what the only thing that wasn't a regret, but one of the you know is that it's on the first floor, so we're aware that yes. you know there's there's um, there's a physical barrier there. But apart from that, we have tried to create a space that somebody who has done yoga for many years feels comfortable to walk into, and somebody who's literally stumbled in mm-hmm. from the street and who's maybe been told you should do yoga because it would be good for you. Yeah, and we have the full range of people who come to the studio. Yeah. So that I think is probably one of the most important things and. For us, the teachers that we have as part of our teaching team know that that's really important to us and mm-hmm. know that whenever they are, you know, welcoming, particularly at the moment when people are coming in with their masks on, that there's sure. that kind of, you know, fear of coming back into an inside space that they know this is a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. So more than I think the actual physical practice, because for some people there's, you know, they're just really nervous. There's also so much hype about what yoga is and, you know, is it... Is it from, you know, the origins of it and the expectations of it? And if it's I like, do a downward dog, will I become possessed? Exactly. <laughs> but, you're laughing. But, like, but also, I can't do a handstand. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for yeah. me. Yeah. You know, but I mean, you're both exactly. It's like that mm. whole thing of. So the most important thing for us is just come and feel the welcome and mm. and give it a go. And, and if you need to sit down on your mat for a while, sit down on your mat. But I think more than 
my experience is that people will give something a go if they feel comfortable in the space and they trust the first person at the front isn't going to make them feel stupid. Mm. And so for wow. for me as a teacher, and I think for us putting together the teaching team, mm-hmm. and we have an amazing team, it's like it doesn't matter if somebody comes in and whatever they, however they find themselves, even if they come in wearing their pajamas, mm-hmm. <laughs> just make them feel welcome. Because mm-hmm. if they feel welcome, they'll come back. Mm-hmm. And if they come back and they give you a go-go, then maybe it'll become part of their lives. So yeah. that, yeah. more than actually persuading them about the actual physicality, because the asin, the, the physical practice is only just one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important things is about showing compassion and kindness. And I think if people experience that, particularly at the moment, then, then they'll give it a go. Do you know another thing? I think just to, to sort of build on that, that there's a misnomer that one. There's a phrase that says the hardest thing about yoga is getting on the mat. <laughs> but I think there is a misnomer That's sometimes true, that people don't realise that when you go to a yoga class, you're given options. Yes. Like it's not just I'm, this is what we're all going to do, yeah. and if you can't do it, well, you're yeah. going to look like an idiot. Yeah. Okay, in the guys, corner. we're going to move into the pinky hands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, come on, like flex your muscles because this is the moment yeah. where we're all going to balance on our heads. Because even if if you can't touch your toes which again is what yeah. so many people say oh, I can't even touch my toes I can yeah, do a yeah. yoga class but that's not the point no. the, the, the point isn't that you need to be able to touch your toes it's the, what's the phrase about it's not about touching your toes it's what you notice on the way like, down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but I think there are so many people that co- go to a yoga class who don't, who can't touch their toes. Yeah. And what's nice is that if you're there and there's something that involves sort of reaching down yeah. towards your feet that you can look around and go oh look Thank goodness. Yeah. Look, I'm not the only one in totally. it. Lo- th- and, and also the teachers yeah. will say, just do what you can. And yeah. if yeah. this is too much, then do this. Or yeah. this is, there's yeah. this option. There's these props. There's, you know, there's other things mm-hmm. that you can do. And it's, it's, yeah, it's not at all about that. It should never be about that intimidating thing where you're surrounded by all these bendy, flexible, strong people. Sure. It's because yeah. the reality is nothing like that. No, mm-hmm. it's nothing mm-hmm. like that. And and when you're in the room and you realize that actually everybody's doing it just yeah. like me yeah, and yeah. I couldn't do that. And they, and I, you know, they can't do it either. And I, <laughs> I'm just doing my, my bit the way I can do yeah. it. And it works for me. And I think yeah. that's, yeah, it's yeah. important that that, that's good. that that whole concept doesn't get lost. Yeah. This is a bit of a brass tax question, but I'm always trying to actually give people just nitty gritty. And I'm always a big fan of giving ways for people to take action. So maybe this is a little unglamorous, but like, what are some of your sign up deals or what are some of your <laughs> yeah. like nitty gritty? This is how much it costs to come and try it. Let's talk about that because, mm, you know, yeah. someone is out for a run right now or mm-hmm. someone's driving in the car. They're maybe thinking, oh, you know, I live in East Belfast. So I could maybe give yoga a go. Uh, let's give them something to kind of hold on to, you know. Mm-hmm. We have a wonderful, <laughs> thank you for asking. Wait, I need, I need to, where's the sales music? I need to put the wee ad jingles on. Um, so if you've never tried yoga before, or even if you have, but you've just never been to the studio mm. before, you can buy four tampons at a pass that gives you 10 days oh, unlimited wow. access. Killer. So it starts from the day of purchase and you can go to one class a day, two classes a day, however many classes you want. Mm. The only caveat I would say at the moment is because we have restricted the size of our classes is if you book a class, please turn up because you're taking a space away from somebody else because we have a smaller class size at the moment. So for 10 days, you can check out different teachers, different times, different styles. Um, And then at the end of it, you can, you know, there's class passes, there's membership, there's all different sort of jazz, but it's such an easy way in. 10 days, 10 pounds, unlimited classes. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag, hashtag. 
I go go yoga. Book online. Book online, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on the show is because I think, you know, particularly in this cultural moment we find ourselves in, people are feeling cut mm-hmm. off. And I know, you know, the power of community is particularly in places like that can be so, so important and uh, can really change lives like you have experienced and like you've said. So kind of in this, in this vein of community, this vein of even, I'm going to not... I don't want to use the word subculture, not in a negative way, but Refill Quarter seems to have really tapped into uh, a similar community, an overlapping community, maybe even a little bit of a different community. Um, so talk to me about where the early seeds and the early ideas of Refill came from and why on earth you would decide, oh, we're doing this yoga studio. Do you know what would be great? Let's open another quarter. That's what we, that's what we ourselves. <laughs> well, it was when we opened up the yoga studio, we had a strong ethos of trying to reuse things. So we would go to salvage yards and we would get stuff that was old and we'd repurpose it. We created our seating you know, with stuff that we got for free on free cycle and places like that. So um, that was already a big part of our ethos. And then we noticed things like the coffee cups that were coming in you know, and we, we did some social media posts about just remember that actually, you know, you can't recycle these. And so we were always had that 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 consciousness about our impact, you know, mm-hmm. um, as far as like eco credentials went. And it was really just a matter of I think when you're already aware of that, you know, obviously what algorithms and stuff are like, you know, social media that that's started to notice these um, refill shops appearing in other cities mm-hmm. and other countries. And I sort of jokingly. <laughs> took a photograph of one and sent it to Susan, like, yeah. next business venture. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we were like, oh, yeah, you know, that would be that would be a nice thing for, for to open up in Belfast. But uh, we didn't take it seriously initially. But but then sort of time passed and nothing happened. Nobody else, because I was waiting for somebody else to open one. Sure, like, when, yeah. some, when's someone going to bring that to Belfast? Yeah. But, um I don't even remember what the catalyst was. We just eventually said we should probably look into it a bit mm. more closely because mm. we really felt that it was a good idea and that we, we would use it. Mm. And therefore, there must yeah. be others, you know, that w- were thinking the same as us. Like, when's one of those shops going to come to Belfast? Yeah, yeah. So, and, um, I mean, just to give people like something to hang their hat on, what actually is it? Like, let's, let's actually, yeah. for people who've never been to Refill Quarter, yes. what actually is it? So, it is a packaging free shop. Boom. so we have lots of mostly gravity dispensers so Mm -hmm. these are units up on a shelf um filled with nuts seeds cereals sort of like what you would get at a hotel and the cheerios would fall out the bottom so yes okay a lot like that (laughs) and the idea is that you bring your own container and you refill it so rather than obviously go into a supermarket it's already packaged up and it's already portioned out Mm. this is completely free to do whatever you want you bring whatever container you like and you can take as much or as little as you as you want mm-hmm. um and then there are other things that are eco-friendly alternatives to everyday items so we have like bamboo toothbrushes and mm. we have washable uh sanitary towels mm. sorry do you know what i'm not going to call them sanitary towels because we're not using the word sanitary when it comes to periods because there's nothing sanitary <laughs> They're called menstrual pads. Exactly. So have washable menstrual I lo- pads. I love like all the language around that. It's so funny. And it's like so flowery and so fluffy. And you're like, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's the articles about, you know, this, the language that we use surrounding periods and things, and how the word sanitary has crept in. Yeah. Well, it's been around for a long time. And it's like, it shouldn't have to be like, treated yeah. like it's sanitary. So we have washable menstrual pads. Nice. I know. It's just ingrained in my brain. Um <laughs> 
and things like that anyway. So um, it's the food element and then it's the eco-friendly alternatives. But as I say, there was nothing in Belfast. Um, and we sort of investigated mm. it a little bit and then we contacted some others um, and we so. hooked up with these girls in Bristol who had opened up Zero um, Green and we went over and met them mm. and sort of saw their shop and saw how it worked and had a good old chat with them. That's and awesome. That was it, really. That was the catalyst yeah. to get us going. And then we yeah. came back and like, right, we need a unit. That's <laughs> awesome. It's awesome. And I love, like, the reason why I love your story so much is because there is this massive misconception about starting a business where mm. you're sitting like Einstein with, a, with <laughs> yeah. a, you know, a yellow notepad. You're mm -hmm. like, I have to come up with mm. the most original, the craziest thing. No one's ever seen it before. And half the guests on the show are like, yeah, I was in Barcelona and I saw this and it brought to Northern Ireland yeah. and it's brilliant. And yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the art of copying and the art of actually being inspired and taking it back to somewhere that doesn't actually have it. Like, you know, and I've, I say it with all respect because this podcast, mm. this podcast is not an original idea. It's mm. not an original format. It's just, oh, I really like listening to this show. I wonder if there was a Northern Irish version of it. Oh, there's not. Okay, let's start one, yeah. you know. Mm. So talk to me a bit about like the business side of your business because I think that's a side that people get frightened mm. of you know and actually taking the steps and because lots of people have loads of ideas you know but very few people actually go ahead and do it so maybe for people listening what can you I tell think us for us the key is you know the person who's not here <laughs> is Phil <laughs> um, and that goes right back to you, the, the yoga studio as well mm. is that for us having this sense of of working with people that have the skills that you don't necessarily have so, you know, I come in with, we have these classic conversations, you know, I come in with a, like sometimes a, a, like a big idea. Alice will try, will will cross the T's and put the I's to it and make mm. sure that it, you know, and then Phil make sure it works or, <laughs> or vice versa. Alice will come in and we'll have, you know, this and I'll go, well, we could, we could grow it to this. Mm. And Phil goes, well, let me do the figures. <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, in the sense of, the the balance between the three of us, I think, you know, Alice and I have this really creative um, relationship where mm. we, you know, and, and there's tensions in, in every, you know, in every creative Absolutely. relationship. But that out of that, always something really good comes. Mm. But it, yeah, it, I mean, certainly more the shop than the yoga studio, because at the end of the day, the yoga studio, we have teachers, we have classes. Mm. And as long as enough people turn up, that's yeah. you know we pay, whereas it's been <laughs> no such stock a, it's such a steep <laughs> it's such a steep learning curve so I think it is not being frightened um, not you know not letting that fear really hold you back but at the same time being realistic there is a risk to it particularly mm. at the moment we've just come through a pandemic sure you know we had to close the close the doors of the shop in the sense of the the traditional way of customers coming in and we worked yeah, yeah, yeah. we developed in a week a delivery service which was bonkers <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> and, and a key I mean we worked to a kiosk but I think with all of that having first of all you know having the three having that team seeking out people who have the skills and not letting fear be your your main drive because mm. um and there's times whenever all that between us, it's like maybe there's a day whenever I wake up and I go, oh my goodness, you know, this just feels like, can we make this work? And then we'll have a conversation and one of us will always go, no, we can do this. We're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's look at this and da, da, da. Um, so you're never on your own mm. in that sense. And that for me, I think, has been the key to both businesses. Mm -hmm. It's also, I suppose... <sighs> 
there's definitely a bit of a sacrifice that you have to make in order to branch out and run a business of your own because you're not just going to turn up, do as you're told and leave and go home and watch telly <laughs> yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah. Um, and we both spend hours and hours of our what would possibly be free time if we went, weren't running our own business <laughs> Just sitting in front of a computer, researching things, you know, going mm-hmm. over things, analyzing. And, you know, it's it does that there has to be an element of sacrifice. You know, if you want to mm-hmm. drive forward an idea, it, it does come at the price of some personal time. There's mm-hmm. just no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But it's just that's the reality. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like Susan said, you can't allow fear to, to get in the way of a good idea. Yeah. You know? Ooh, look at that for a soundbite. <laughs> not about soundbites in the show, but that is one right there. <laughs> That's killer. Love yeah, that. Yeah, so um, it's just a matter of sort of coming up with something. Yeah. And if you really, really strongly believe in it and, yeah. and you 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 think that others will believe mm. in it, then mm. they probably will, you know. And that's it. It's, it's finding the others, isn't it? Yeah. Because, yeah. um, you know, like we used to live in, in Brooklyn and – you know, you would go and you would see the yoga studios and then you would go to maybe Whole Foods and you would see the mm-hmm. dispensers mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, this is very Brooklyn-y. And then you actually look at parts of Belfast now and you're like, actually, there is a there is a community of people who want this. Yeah. There's a community of people who need this. And it's not even just, the you know, the, the archetypical post-hipster. It's actually lots of people, you yeah. know, it's people exactly. of all ages and stages yeah. of life as well. And that's been one of the real joys, I think, especially about the shop is mm-hmm. that, and also the studio, is the diversity of the people who come. Mm-hmm. Is that there are some people who are teenagers, mm-hmm. and there are some people who are in their seventies or, mm-hmm. or older, and it's and it really does speak to so many different people yeah. on so many different levels. Yeah, it's yeah, it yeah. does. It's a broad spectrum. And I guess like it's easier to like think about this in terms of the shop, but the yoga, the studio does do this as well. It really makes me think of like an older Belfast mm-hmm. where there was the corner shop. And you would go down and you would talk with people mm-hmm. and it was almost like a gathering place. Yeah. And it is, you know, part of my heartache and part of my passion is, you know, how can we restore communities like that? Mm-hmm. How can we get neighbours talking to each other? And I think you guys have created two great spaces where it's a possibility, you know, yeah. and that's so important for so many reasons. I think we saw that particularly during lockdown. I mean, I was at that stage, we kind of rose very quickly because um, I was physically in the shop a lot more mm. during the daytime um, because we were trying to keep, we were trying to keep a social distance in case one of us got sick. So <laughs> oh, that, it's like the Coca Cola yeah. recipes can't be in the same <laughs> well, country in case something was, happens to you. you. Know, so we kind of had to had to do that that distance. But I would have been working there, and um, I mean on a Wednesday or on a, whatever day it was, and people were coming in, and there was one person said, you know, I this is my one day. I go into shopping, and you're the only people that I meet on a actually on a personal level everybody else I'm meeting via Zoom Oof. so I don't know what I would do if I didn't have this shop to come into and have a 10 minute conversation and we've had so many people particularly during that time that were coming in and you would get to know them and you know, you'd say well how was this and how was that or and it was it it created so much more than just coming in for you know Porridge and flour, totally. which you know, the flour was running out the door at that time. Wow, <laughs> flour! Oh my goodness, uh, that was unbelievable. I didn't even think to ask you that. Of course, it God, was. Oh, Alice was the flour Scary. queen. Wow, it was shocking. I mean, um, and we got quite a lot of people saying, "Do you sell yeast?" And we went, no, we don't. But yeah. we found some yeast, and suddenly, you know, yeah. it was like people were flocking just the to get Mecca hold of the yeast. yeast. Yeah. People are traveling. But ours. it was amazing yeah. how people's days changed because suddenly everybody's at home and they've got mm-hmm. a bit more time on their hands. Yeah. I think, well, I'm just going to get back to baking. Yeah. And I'm going to bake bread. You know? <laughs> that was what everyone was doing. I mean, not yeah. so much now, thankfully. 
<laughs> but um, particularly uh, men. Yeah, it was men mm-hmm. making sardo. Like, I'm getting in the kitchen. <laughs> it's, I'm going to start to creating tinker, magic. You know? it's yeah. the need to fiddle and, and do something. Yeah, yeah. I, I started making bread too. I'm guilty. Did you? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Like the flour yeah. was crazy, but it was great because, like I say, it was it. But it gave people like a real nice sort of path back to. Yeah making food and yeah. cooking yeah, absolutely and you know so much of what we sell is the raw ingredients mm. and um it's really nice that people get back in the kitchen you know mm. it's one of those i mean i suffer from it too that horrible thing where you think oh my goodness i've got up gone to work i've got a child got to pick up and then i've got to get home and what time is it now yeah. gosh no it's already quarter to seven i can't start cooking now and oh i just grab something from the freezer and you know you lose that element yeah, of yeah, the yeah. connection of what you're eating and sort yeah. of yeah and the, yeah. Like we were saying about nutrition and things like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was really great for lockdown because mm-hmm. suddenly a lot of people reconnected with that. Yeah, that's cool. I know um, you couldn't possibly think about this right now, and I know this is a real stinker of a question, and we can cut it if you'd like. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm a I'm a story person, yeah. I'm a narrative person. I'm just looking at this, and I'm like, okay, two quarters, one, <laughs> one half. <laughs> uh, Without giving away any trade secrets, of course, you know, if you had to open, you know, gun to your head, if you had to open two more quarters, uh, what do you think they would be? Two more. uh, Now, it depends whether you're talking about two different or whether we, you know, whether it's a mirror image and we have, Mm. you know, you take what we already have and you sell fast and take it somewhere else. Never thought of that, but Mm. very smart. Uh So I think that is more, you know, we definitely... Because the two, there is a nice synergy between those two, isn't there? Yeah, there is. I mean... I, whenever both the the yoga studio and the um, the shop came on, there's this. We've been talking a lot about ideas, mm. and for me, one of the things, and Alice and I have talked about this before. So Elizabeth Gilbert, the writer, has this. She talks about ideas as not belonging to any one person. She talks about mm-hmm. ideas as belonging to the universe, and they kind of sit and they they talk on people's shoulders and they mm-hmm. whisper, you know. So best of Belfast, that's a great idea, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, and. If so, it sits on your shoulder for a while, and if you don't do anything about it, it'll go to somebody else. And mm-hmm. and you know how many times you've gone, oh, that was my idea. <laughs> you know, like we've all, and that was very much why it was like with the yoga studio and with the zero. It's like if we don't do this, somebody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. But once ideas kind of like begin, whenever your your brain is open to that, so like we have probably more ideas about where both the yoga studio and the the refill quarter or the zero waste movement because it's mm. not you know where we might take that to the question is really timing sure. um so i think at the moment we have just done this very big expansion in the shop absolutely the studio we're bringing back to its feet after being closed for two to three months um but we certainly have more mm-hmm. ideas of where the next half of this this project will go to. Yeah. Um, that's no doubt at all. But just that's awesome. We're going to give ourselves a little bit of time. It's cool. I think that's a really nice place to transition now. There's a couple of stock questions I ask every single person I have a chance to talk to. Um, so kind of like shifting gear slightly and landing the plane then, because that is, in terms of narrative, that's a beautiful place you just left off. I love that. I'm like, there's moments of perfection you get on the podcast and that's just one of them. You're like, let's just take a second just to appreciate that. Like, you know, and you can see in the future, you know, you, you literally use the words, you know, the first half. And I'm like, oh man, part two in three years time of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Can't wait. Um, but Alice, if we kind of start with you, um, the first off the stock questions is, uh, so far on your own journey, what would you describe as the most successful moment? 
Is this re- with regard to the shop or this just is, as me as an is, individual? This is you, if you want. Ooh. Yeah. Gosh. Well, I, I'm... <laughs> It's so cheesy, isn't it? It's say it. You have to say well, it. Well, I've got I've got a two-year-old son, and like he was my dream, and he was a struggle as well. So having him is a real moment for me, like in a, in a personal way, like that. Yeah, that was a big moment awesome. for me having my child. It was <laughs> like I say, it was it wasn't an easy journey. So having mm. him is a is a special thing it's in my brilliant. life. Yeah, and now sure they're away to nursery and everything, <laughs> <laughs> crying at the door. Yeah, this morning, but. What about you, Susan? Gosh, that is that's a horrible question. <laughs> no. Okay, ask me the question again to give me a bit more time. What, okay, what? ready? Susan, yeah. out, of, out of everything in your life so far, what has been the most successful moment? You see, I'm going to be really, really frustrating here. And I'm going, I'm just like, just being here, to like being in this moment. Because mm. I don't, I, I like, I genuinely find that really mm-hmm. hard. Because I kind of go, yeah, you know, I've got my three kids. Should I mention them? Or, you know, should I mention this? Should, should I mention mm-hmm. that? But it's just kind of not the way my brain works, mm-hmm. sorry to say. Would um, you say that uh, that's always the way your brain has worked or would you say that has been something that you've grown into? Definitely, yeah, without, without a question. I th- you've grown into it? Yeah, okay, I think, yeah, I mean, I think there would have been times whenever I would have looked at, certainly when the kids were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, you, you know you've got your, your little one and, and Torsten still, whereas mine are like, you know, way, they would, they are the... the the, the beings I'm most proud of to have mm. in my life. Like, I just I, I adore them and I'm complicated. I've got, I've got three children and two stepchildren and two kids <laughs> I've fostered. So, like, all that's, the kids. That's, you know, all the kids. <laughs> um, but I think as you get older as well, there is just something about actually the best thing about today is today. Mm. Um, and that's definitely something that comes with age and experience mm. and all of that kind of jazz. It's great. I look forward to it. Mm. Um, what about the greatest challenge you faced or the most challenging moment? And if you don't mind sharing, how are we able to overcome it? The most challenging moment, um, and it's kind of like a little bit of a backdrop to some of the story, Mm. was um, I was made redundant from a job in 2016, 2017. Um, So just whenever Alice and I met. Oh, my word. And and it probably was one of the most brutal experiences I've ever ever had. Um, And it, it rocked me to my core. And... And was in the context of that, that the teacher training came along, that meeting Alice, the, the yoga at that stage was literally my high I was getting through every day. And not to, you know, that taking that out of my life created the platform for where I am now. Mm. So it created the platform for the yoga studio, for the friendship, for the refills, you know. So in that sense, it was the challenge, but it's also brought this yeah. as, as yeah. being something really positive yeah. from it. That's cool. The universe abhors a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> has to be filled and it's been yeah. filled with something good. That's awesome. Alice, you know what's coming? <sighs> Big breath. challenge. Um, well, I suppose I'll, I'll sort of reflect on the, on the bad year that I was referring to. You know, it's I, funny, if you look on my page here, <laughs> I have a... You've written bad year. <laughs> I have a page with uh, in half with Susan on one side and Alison on the other, and I have bad year yoga written down. <laughs> bad year yoga. Yeah. So the bad year was, um, it was, it was a combination. So one of my very dear friends, she got mouth cancer and she had a lot of operations. She had three young children um, and 
spread and spread. And then mm. she ended up having a stroke because of the radiotherapy had sort of damaged her, her vein and that had ended up, she'd had a stroke. And um, and she what, she basically had a really miserable death. That was That's the only yeah. way I can put it. You know, that yeah. was so hard to witness. And she was, she was only 35 and um, it was a real struggle. And the worst part of it was that after she had had the stroke, she couldn't really speak properly. Mm. So she couldn't say all the things that she would have said to all of her children and obviously, you know, her friends and family. And, um, and it was really awful to witness. So there mm. was, there was, so there was Natalie when she died. And then shortly afterwards, I finally got pregnant. That was something I'd been struggling with. So that was a real moment of joy. We went, mm. we had a very early scan, nine weeks, everything was fine. I did the big family announcement, yeah. everything, everyone was overjoyed. Yeah. But, you know, three weeks later, I had a second scan, no heartbeat, and oh, that was man. all that that all ended. And then the very no, sorry, the day before the the no heartbeat scan, my parents. I mean, even when I, I say it, I, I still can't sad. believe this. Yeah. Rang me and to say they had they had a flat that my it was a council flat my gramps had lived in, um, and they had decided to he had died as they'd been renting it. They decided to sell it, and the day before the scan, they rang to say, basically the emails between my mum and dad. And the and the solicitor who was dealing with the payment had been intercepted by a fraudster no. who had, as pre- like purported to be my mum, said, "Oh, by the way, in case you didn't know, this is our new bank details." The solicitor didn't realise, thought it was a genuine email, no. and the, all of the funds from the flat sale got sent to a random bank account belonging to a fraudster, oh. and like like <laughs> a lot of money like evaporated overnight. So there was those three events that happened in very quick succession and like I say about the yoga you know that just became my place to go I just need to sort of stop Mm. because it was really um, a barrage of things that was and it was eating me up and like I say a lot of anger and um, a lot of pain and sort of bereavement and this whole, this future looking very different, and this, and then there was a legal thing that then ensued, especially with my mum and dad's totally. situation, and um, yeah, it was just really hard. It was really draining, mm. and um, but the funny thing is that then that was what sort of, got, as I yeah. say, kind of got me into yoga. And like you talk about, you yeah. know, a path and things like that and a trajectory. But who knows? Maybe if I hadn't had that horrible, sure, horrible yeah. year, then yeah. maybe I wouldn't have ended up sitting here today. But who, yeah. who knows? But it was just, yeah, it was a real. It was a, it was a barrage <laughs> of struggles all at the same time that so I look back now and think, gosh, you know, that was a really difficult mm. period, but managed to sort of just muscle through, I suppose, like everybody does. And but times that are hard, you know, you just take one day totally, at a time, yeah. don't you? And it is so interesting. It almost unscripted that, you know, it was the yoga in both of mm. these stories that you both have shared. And thank you for sharing. Mm. Um you know, that kind of came in at that moment. Mm. It's just all just very mysterious how it all works, isn't it? <laughs> That's cool. Uh, potentially an even harder question uh, for a completely different reason. Uh, if you could take anyone from Northern Ireland out for a coffee, who would you take? Where would you take them and why? Dead or alive? That's harder for me because I, I don't have the same history. <laughs> Let me think like, You're like, like uh, uh, Susan? <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring yeah. you. <laughs> Northern Ireland. Oh, I know. Gary Lightbody. Oh, what a bit. <laughs> no 
why. What a bit. Because I really loved Snow Patrol when they had like, you know, when their first three albums, not many people had heard yeah. of them. And, yeah. and, I, and then my other half wanted to go and see U2 in concert. And this was, again, about, this was, I was still living in Dubai, so this must have been about, yeah, 16, 17 yeah. years ago. And um, we were like, where should we go? Because they were doing a world tour. Mm-hmm. And we decided, well, we'll go to Berlin and, and we'll go and see you two in concert there. But the reason I wanted to go was because Snow Patrol with yes. the support band. Killer. And then we went Brilliant. to the concert and we were in this hotel and they were in the lift. And we were, well, we were in the lift. <gasps> oh, my And they days. walked in and I was like, Jabbing Jeff and Rick. Like, buddy. But what happened was they got out and then Jeff afterwards he said to me, Look, oh, they were from Northern Ireland. I was like, Patrol, you idiot. And then there's a sort of weird thing. And then I was working at the Malmaison, and then he sort of randomly walked up one night and said, Oh, hi, have you got any rooms? And I was like, Yeah, no problem. Hi, Gary, how's it going? And I sort of met them a couple of times, and then they let us have some tickets and went to some of their nice little gigs and stuff. And then then I I went and worked at Air New Zealand. Mm And then I was standing in the galley and somebody came up to me and said, what's the lead singer from Snow Patrol called? And I was like, uh, I know this. Gary Lightbody, why is he on board? They were like, yeah, he's singing. No. <laughs> I was like, this dude just keeps appearing in my life. Like Love if it. I didn't know better, there was some kind of cosmic connection. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, so yeah, and he appeared on a couple of flights and um, I, I, I built up the courage to once go and say hi. He really did I think I offended him because I was so nervous. And I said to him, well, hi, Gary, how's it going? Oh, yeah. You know, I used to work at the Malmaison. God, you guys, you know, to sort of give us, you know, torture us a bit. And he was like... What? We've always been the model of perfection. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, what am I saying? Yeah, and then um, I was sitting in the galley telling one of the crew, I was like, gosh, and said hi to Gary, but now I think I'm offended. I've just scoundered myself. Like, you know, like no. they used to give us grief. And he's like, no, no, he's really nice. He won't mind. And then he, and he just at that moment, he sort of came in to use the loo. <laughs> the other crew member said to him, Gary, oh, this is Alice. I was saying, you know, she's the girl who worked at the Malmaison. I saw you there. He's like, yeah, I know, but she said we used to give us grief. Oh, used to give us grief. I don't remember. He that. took it. He, like, ah. he saved it the heart. <laughs> God. I was like, oh, there was me thinking like me and Gary would just keep meeting. And then when the moment came, I blew it. Well, well you never know. You know, th- th- there could be a moment of reconciliation. You know, I know he loves, um, there's a wee Indian in Bangor that he loves. So maybe you could, you know, just oh, okay. ma- He's also make regularly on the Belmont Road because... Um, is he? Well, David Holmes is is a regular in a coffee shop oh, across cool. the road from us. Um, and quite often you would see... Um, some, because I mean, East Belfast now is well. It always was. If you kind of think back to Van the Man, who's just celebrated his big birthday. <laughs> I know. But it's it's such a hub for musicians and artists mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. So quite regularly on the Belmont Road. Um, in fact, I'm fairly certain that I have seen him there because he <gasps> used. Yeah, I need to apologise to him. <laughs> <laughs> I need to make a And now, of course, I'm postponing because I can't. Somebody from Northern Ireland. I'm overcomplicating this, aren't I? Who would I like to meet today from Northern Ireland as opposed sure. to like, like, let's not make it like the big. Or the big yeah, I know, mm. but that's too big a question. Okay, like, that, okay. see, my. Let, let, you know, let's, let's, let's take it right to the present. After this, for your breakfast at 11 o'clock. Who would I like to go? I <laughs> know who I'd like to go and meet. With. I would like to go and meet anybody, but particularly John Cooney from the Ulster Rugby to ask them what on earth's going on. And are, do they stand a chance of beating Edinburgh this weekend? Dun, dun, dun. Um, that's who I want. To, but that, that will chip by the end of today. If you ask me that question Brilliant. again, it would be a different We answer. should have a page on the website. Uh, 
who does Susan want to take out today? And it just changes every single day. Really, like it really. <laughs> it's just like, if you ask me that kind of big question, it's too, it's too big a question. Yeah. Because, so I have to go, okay, yeah. right now, what is the important yeah. thing? Um, okay, right. Two very specific questions before yes. the big, hard, final oh, one, okay? No. So this is the, you know, this is to break the, the tension, I suppose. Okay. Uh, favorite takeaway in Northern Ireland if you were to get a takeaway tonight or a delivery to your house what would you get what are you in the mood to eat tonight Susan I'm trying to make it as, as yeah yeah no <laughs> I think at this moment in time there is a great new um, I want to say it's Bengali restaurant at Ballyhackamore mm. um, and it's called K-U-T-U-M I think it's, it's brand new Um and yeah, and so it's either Indian or Sorolina's pizza because I'm mm. gluten free and they do the best gluten free <laughs> pizza. Unreal. So that was easy. Boom. Boom. Alice. In and out. Because I know what I would usually have, which is obviously Indian yeah. food or a pizza or uh-huh. something. But if, if somebody said, though, you can, because especially at the moment with so many people mm-hmm. were, were offering takeaway, yeah. which we yeah. ordinarily get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. love Dumont. Yeah. And I love what they do. <sighs> Yeah. What's your go-to? Oh gosh, what's it called? They've all got they've got those crazy names, haven't they, for their dishes? Well, I can even never just think. even describe it for my granny's sake. <laughs> for your granny's sake, they do they do sort of these lovely um, vegetable curries. But I don't know. There's just something about the intensity mm. of the flavour. Yeah. They're so delicious, and they've got so the good. spices just perfect. I like it quite spicy, but not so much yeah. it's going to blow my head off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. They just get it absolutely nice. perfect. Favourite place to go for ice cream in Northern Ireland? Oh, Al, Al, Al Gelato. Mm-hmm. Oh, the local. Yeah. Oh, the local amazing. legend. Yeah. <laughs> I was so happy when they appeared at Ballyhackamore. I was like, yes. The studio. They're yeah. coming, <laughs> coming to this now. There you go. There, there's like another thing to do in your yeah. uh, 10 days of, uh, you know, trying yeah. out yoga. Go get yourself an ice cream afterwards, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that, a good, it, that's a good day, That's isn't the it? incentive. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah. That's, that's the treat. <laughs> um, final question. This is always a question we kind of end on. Um if you, this is kind of funny for you because you used to work in airlines, but mm. uh, if you could, you know, go back in time and talk to like an 18 year old version of yourself, even just, well, you were 23 when you moved to Dubai. Yeah. yeah. So it, let's do this. This is more fun. Like if you could like s- just go and sit down on the seat beside the 23 year old self on the way to Dubai, you had a couple of minutes of 23 year old Alice's time. What sort of things would you say to her? I think I would say to my 23-year-old self to, well, it sounds a bit trite because I, I feel like I could say just really appreciate what the fun you're about to have. Mm. But I think I did appreciate the fun that yeah. I was having at the time. Yeah. But also that was where I met my friend Natalie, like the, when we stepped off the plane, like I stepped off the plane from London and she stepped off the plane from Manchester and that was where I met her, my wow. friend who died of um, cancer. And I, yes, I think now I would say, like, spend as much time with Natalie as you can, yeah. because like your time with her is very limited. But but um, in a yeah, in a more general sense. Mm. R- yeah, just really make sure you because we went to so many crazy places like that you would never go on holiday. And um, I think I would just remind myself to make sure you always don't stay. Don't go to the pool too often. Mm. Go, go mm. to the go to the town. Yeah. Go and eat at that place or, you know, go and meet the people. Because once I came, I, I left that sort of traveling environment 
And I moved over here and I was just sort of doing my job and, you know, my world became a lot smaller. Mm. I really noticed that void and I, that it was, yeah, it was such a great experience. But um, I think I would just tell myself to treasure it a bit more. That's cool. That's cool. Susan, I don't know how to make this question easier for you. Uh, if we could magic up an 18-year-old version of you in this chair right now, in this very moment, and there's two minutes left in this podcast, yeah. what would you say to her? It'll all be okay. Hmm. It's as simple as that. Like, really? We worry about all of these things all of the time. You know, we get wrapped up in concerns and particularly fear. I think, you know, going back to that stage was a very different Northern Ireland. At 18, I, this time, you know, when I was 18, I was heading off to England to university to live by my, you know, hmm. away from home not knowing anything about what was going to happen, it'll all be okay. It'll work itself out. Mm-hmm. Don't let fear be your, you know, what was what was your thing? Don't let fear, fear get, get in the way of yeah. a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like the title of your book or something. Okay. <laughs> Realistically, I think that, yeah, it'll, it'll be okay. Mm. Just, it'll be okay. That's mm. awesome. Uh, I didn't find a way to weave this into the interview, um, but I thought it was really lovely. I'm just going to read it out. Uh, one of you sent it through, I think it was Alice. Uh, it's better to light a candle than to complain about the darkness. I just really like that. Yeah. And uh, look, I really appreciate you uh, guys listening and spending time with myself and Alice and Susan today. Uh, hope you really enjoyed it. I had a blast. And uh, yeah, if it's your first time listening to Best of Belfast, uh, there are over 160 interviews just like this one not quite like this one uh, but uh, our long kind of long form conversations with great people from this uh, amazing place we call home other than that just hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and Alice and Susan honestly that was just a treat thank you so much and it was a real joy to talk to you thanks very much thank Thank you you. class and that is a wrap that's (laughs) us